just flip flop song, singing to that always song. Got a little nice smile, that kind of drives you out. Nothing like playing with fire, brings boy to life. Be with the fuse you like, be good at dynamite. You made my day when you walked in, sat down beside me, whispered with your eyes, let's go. Following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, fourteen minutes and twenty seconds. Where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. 1420 in the morning for the St. Patrick's Day 2023. For those who don't know what date that is, that's still March the 17th, year in, year out. Most overrated day in the history of days, but that's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Barnburner Hockey and barnburnerhockey.ca. Use promo code 1420BARN for their all uh, 10% off their all natural hockey products and apparel at barnburnerhockey.ca. Thank you for making us a part of your morning each and every day here on Facebook Live and Love. YouTube live, and I don't even know where else this is playing. But today we're joined by a uh, sports reporter for the Mets Hat News, James Tubb, uh, reporter for the Mets Hat Tigers, the whole bit. James, how are you doing today, sir? I would say I'm feeling lucky, Brent, but I don't think you'd like that. So I'm doing good. How about you? I don't, I don't, I don't mind Valentine's Day or St. St. Patrick's Day per se. It's just the uh, how much it, how much publicity it gets for no reason. It's just a, like the only you get just another day to go have a beer and the green stuff and everything. It's just it's just it's overdone to me. That's just me. I don't know. Fair enough. You gotta and, gotta have some green dye in a beer tonight, though. I I may uh, saunter over to a local establishment and do that. So I'd stay away from the Silver Buckle and Mess Hat if I was you. That's a, a dangerous place on St. <laughs> Valentine's Day. That's that's my advice to you. I'm I'm in Lethbridge here, but uh, I'll talk with Mess Hat Tigers. A turnaround season. They're in they're in the hunt for a playoff spot right now. They got to, they got a shot at getting in there. They're currently in seventh place in the uh, East in a playoff spot. Six games left. Three up on Swift Current uh, and Brandon. What's been what? What's the vibe like around the team and how's Coach uh, Willie Desjardins taking this turnaround season? Yeah, it's just excitement, Brent. Obviously, the the nucleus of the team was there last year when they only had eleven wins and uh, was out were out of the playoff hunt in December, January. So there's a lot of excitement. Whether it's the twenty year olds getting one last kick at the can or the sixteen year olds, so this is their first full season and they want to get that playoff experience. I think there's a lot of guys. Just motivated for that. They just want to experience playoff hockey, and they don't want to have two seasons without it. So that's kind of – it's not hard to rally around. we got to make the playoffs. It's it's They're doing quite the job at it. And that's the good thing you mentioned. And a lot of these guys, like they play their, they'll play their last competitive hockey game in the next in the coming weeks. It's just the way things roll with junior hockey. And if you don't want to – I don't want to say waste your, your career, but that's kind of the way like you look back. 
30 years and go, geez, we never, we never made the playoffs. It's kind of something you would miss out on. That's a good point. Like you, you got to know that they, there's, it's, there's realistic goals when it comes to junior hockey that, yeah, we might get some kind of a Cinderella run, but just to make the playoffs, like you said, there, it's kind of one of those things. It's uh, very important for, for the 1920, because some 19 year olds, they aren't coming back next year either. Cause with the 20 year olds uh, that are only allowed to play. Yeah, hundred percent. It's guys just like trying to capitalize as much as they can. And I know a couple have said that like, just, I need this for my career. I need to prove that I can play playoff hockey and perform there. And uh, I know like the, of the like, 20 year olds, the Tigers have two of them. Like, they're only, they're the only two players on the team that have playoff experience because of COVID and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, they, like I said, like you said, you want to add it to your resume so you can market yourself a little better once uh, junior hockey's done. What's the, the the rest of the vibe around the team? The sixteen year olds they must be a little bit excited to get out there and play and play in meaningful games again and the, and the like. It's it's it, it's a it's a lot different. You get in the dog days of of January when it's cold and you got uh, the rink and everything else. What's the, the the rest of the vibe like around the guys? And is there is there like yeah we're doing this no matter what? It's not. It's just, it's just like we're in the playoffs. We're we're not going to lose. Is that kind of the vibe that's around them right now? Very much, and it's a lot of just that uh, this this playoff hunt began in January for this team, and they don't show signs of exhaustion from that. They just – they're enjoying it every night. Every night's a game seven. I know it's cliche, but that's the message we get, and just uh, they want to prove themselves. So whether that's coming to the rink early, staying later, anything like that, they, uh, they're they just hungry for that postseason. And, uh, yeah, they're ready to go, and they've got six games left here, and they're kind of approaching this like a – six-game series. The whole season here, actually, the second half, they've been breaking it up in three-game segments. So you don't look too far ahead, right? If you start doing standings, watching February and stuff like that, you're going to get uh, – you're going to burn yourself out. But they've been doing three-game segments, trying to win those, going from there. And they've won pretty much every one of those uh, three-game segments here. So uh, they're just going to keep doing that over the last six here and uh, try to stay in that seventh spot. You know that's a funny thing, and like I've I've said this with because I'm a baseball guy as well as as you are, and like if you win two out of three in a baseball season, you win 108 games. That's kind of a lot, a very lofty season to have. But why not? Why not do that two out of three? Like in the NHL, you would you would win 54 games, and that that gets you in, right? So it's one of those things that more teams should probably look at that, and say okay, and not schedule losses because I think that's ridiculous to, to say we're going to lose this game, but to, to break a season down that way, I think it's a, it's, it's a really smart thing to do. The uh, turnaround that they've had this year, like you said, last year with the 11 wins or whatever it was, and it's a, been an odd few years, like you said, with, with the COVID and everything else. What's been the biggest difference of with this Tigers team this year under coach Willie Desjardins and, and, uh, and Joe Frazier and, and the like? I think it has just been confidence, Brent. I think that's the the story I've been writing and hearing from guys the whole season here. It's just uh, they got the crap kicked out of them last year. They started – they were in every game until they weren't. And I know that sounds silly, but, like, they just didn't have the skill and they didn't have the experience that other teams did. Now guys have grown up a little bit. They've uh, they've been through the trenches in the WHL, and now they're starting to become a little – a lot better, actually, and they just—it's that confidence that comes with playing in the league, knowing you're good because you're not getting pumped seven four, six six three every night. And it's just been that confidence that's built, and guys having individual success, line success, and seeing their friends and teammates have that success too. It's built a lot of confidence, and uh, it's safe to say they're riding pretty high with that uh, as they try to make that playoff push. 
you wrote in the in the Manhattan News the other day uh, an article about the, the how the players respond to the big crowds when the the well, the Connor Bedard show hits town and they they sold a, a new record for co-op place with sixty five hundred people in there or sixty four ten whatever the the number was and then back in February as well with the big crowd and then they had the, another big crowd with uh, one of the best teams in the country the Kamloops Blazers and the the Tigers kind of pumped the, uh, the the Blazers that night and the place was packed again that night. What's been the thing and like it's when you're playing in front of big crowds. It's, it gets, it's easier to get your, your, the motivation going. What's been the, the not the problem, because I don't want to say, I don't want to collect problems, but what's been the, the issue for getting people to come out after games like that? Because when people, nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. And when they have, the Tigers win those games and people just the next night, it's like it never happened. What's been the, what's been the, the like, why, like what's management been like around? They're like, why aren't people coming? Like, because they're only averaging 2,500 or so a night. And if you're averaging 2,500 tickets, that means there's only 2,000 in the building, if that, right? Yeah, I think, Brent, it's – I don't think it's just the medicine at time. I don't – I'll call it a problem because it is a problem for junior hockey. We, like, it's not – a lot of teams can't survive on having their building a third full or anything like that. And I don't want to pass the buck off from the Tigers, but it's, I've noticed around the league, anytime I watch a Tigers road game, there's not a lot of buildings that are full. I mean, Winnipeg's full, but that's because they can only hold 1,500 uh, – People and whatever you want to reference that stadium. Yeah. I don't know if you can call it an arena, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an issue around the league. I've noticed, but for here, I kind of don't. Bl- At the start of the season, I didn't blame fans because coming off of you're an eleven win season, yeah, you're skeptical. COVID has kind of wrecked havoc where you couldn't see a game for a long time. And at first, maybe you didn't want to like you're like I don't know what this team's going to be, but now. I think they're starting to show what they can be, and that's been the message from the team and the coach, like coach staff, everyone is that just they're proving that they're in the hunt. They want, they want this, and they want the fans to back them up. They, I mean, they appreciate the fans for the Connor Bedard game, but like they got some really good players too that they want to showcase. And I wouldn't be the amount of people I have heard friends that are saying, "Well, I'm getting season tickets for next year. This was awesome after the Bedard game," or talking about just coming to Saturday's game and stuff like that, that says, all right, I can see what this team can do. So I think it is going to pick up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's this season still in the playoffs, but I think next season, like the home opener and even game 25, if that's at home, I think we're going to see bigger crowds and everything's coming up medicine at right now. Well, that's good because, like, back you hate to reference the old barn, and everybody always does back in Minnesota. I used to love going to that place, and it was, and but that that's, uh, geez, I, I don't want to say ten years now, but it's been a while since they've been in the in the new place. Seven, anyways, right? So yeah, six, seven years that they've been there, and you so you kind you kind of got to forget that eventually you got to break up with the old girlfriend and move on to something else, right? And it's one of those things that that people just need to forget it. Yeah, it's a little bit different to get out there, but it's the same driving distance and, and the like, and uh, it's things do change and people have to realize that, that you're not going back. And, and because of the 4,006 people and that it, there would be 4,006 in the building every night. And like I said, nothing draws a crowd, like a crowd and you start winning some games, people will start to go more. Hopefully it's kind of one of those things. Um, the, the Tigers don't have anybody in the top 10 in league scoring, top 20, top 30. I had to go all the way down to number 65 on the list when I was doing some research uh, last night to talk to you. Uh, Oasis Weisblatt is 65th in league league scoring. Uh, it's a group effort with this hockey club that they're putting some wins together. 27 wins so far. That's that's nothing to sneeze at or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, What's been like, is that just the, the vibe of the team? Like we're doing this together. Uh, we can do, we don't have any superstars. So let's put on our hard hats and let, let's go to work. It's a classic Willie Desjardins coach team, Brent. It is that it's four lines. 
And if they don't have all four lines going, whether line one or two is offense, three is defense, and four is a bit of both, they're just not going to win. And they know that. And I think there's a lot of guys that bought into roles early, and they've got that depth scoring from guys like Shane Smith, who is, I believe he's top 10 in rookie scoring. Same with Caden Lindstrom. It's guys like that that just uh, propel them, and whether it's Oasis Weisblatt and Andrew Basher, who had four goals uh, against Regina Saturday. It is just that rotation of four different lines. Some nights one line's hot, the other's not. But um, that in defense, I think their defense is could go top five, top ten in the league, just how structured they are and the responsibility and the roles of guys like Red Parsons and Drew Krebs, the Washington Capitals pick. But, uh, yeah, it is just an even team throughout, and uh, it starts with Becca Lankow and Evan May and Nett, and they just stand tall, and they give the guys a lot of confidence in front of them. Yeah, I was going to bring them up. I'm glad you, I'm glad you did because I'm I'm a I'm an old goalie hugger from way back, and uh, it's one of those things where you, you look at the stat lines and the stat when when you have an 880 save percentage and your goals against is three two three five around there, it's it's a it's those were good stats back in the 80s and the 90s, but nowadays you want to have guys in the twos and the 920s and that, and so stats with goaltenders I think can be a lot misleading. Uh, how is it, how have those two two guys been playing? And uh, tell me about the stat lines in comparison to what you actually see. Yeah, I mean, it's hard looking at, like, Mecca Lenko's stats. I'm sure they're not where he would want to be. But I think the thing that he takes in, takes pride in the most is that he's top three in the league in minutes played, saves, games played. And he just he gets a lot of shots every game because he's in almost every game. And at the start of the year, he said he wanted to play 68 games. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But when you have a guy that has that kind of energy and wants to play that much, I think it's rubbed off on his teammates and they notice – Okay, he wants to be in there and fight for us every day, and we're going to do the same. And then when Evan May came over early in the season in a trade from Everett, his stats from the year before, at I believe it was the AAA level, were misleading. But that was a really bad team he played on. So he gets here, and he's impressed. I want to say he's stolen hearts of people ever since. People love Evan May. It's always May Day when he's in the net, right, and in a good way. But uh, when he got his first win, and he keeps going, and then he stole a win against Winnipeg for the Tigers and almost did it twice the last uh, – time they face the ice so yeah there's a lot of confidence in in whatever name gets tabbed in net and uh, I think that goes from the top of the organization to the bottom you got uh the Tigers have six games left uh, two with uh two with Calgary two with Edmonton two with Swift Current uh three and three uh, home and home they're basically just home and home is what it what it comes down to uh they, what's your prediction? What, what do they have to do to, to, to secure it? Because this time of year when you become a mathematician, that's every sports fan does, whatever team you're watching, they become mathematicians. And usually you don't like to have to be in that in that position to be like, we got to win this many, la da 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 Usually you're out of it at, at that point. When you start doing it with 20 games left and the calculator comes out or the abacus, you're, you're basically screwed. What's got, what do the Tigers need to do? Like you'd, you'd like to win six in a row, but that's that's tough to do at any level. What do the Tigers got to do this, uh, this next week and a half? left of the last week of the season what do they got to do for a record-wise you think to secure that uh, the seventh or eighth playoff spot well to do math i think it's eight points they need to clinch um that's i'm not a math guy brent and i got told <laughs> there wasn't math in this job but i'm pretty sure that's what they need so if the biggest thing is you gotta win the edmonton games it's nothing against the oil kings the tigers were there last year those are games you have to win when a team's not going to get double digit victories this season tigers are there tonight and then you get that home and home with calgary and you got to get at least three points from there with Calgary right behind you in the standings. You got to win that's that little series here. And then 
I know the goal for them is to get a spot clinched before they get Swift Current. You don't want to have to travel down to Swift Current and then host them here Saturday because it'll be six games in nine days for the Tigers at that point. And you just want to you want to get that clinch before then, or maybe just need to get a point in those games. But uh, yeah, they just got to keep playing the way they're playing and not look at that yet, not start booking their travel for playoffs yet, and just yeah, stay within those games and uh, just come out with some wins this weekend. Yeah, you don't want to get into that last get last two games down in Speedy Creek, and then and then have the Swift Current Broncos come in and uh, be be uh, party uh, records, party crashers, I guess. Because man, because buttholes can clench up a little bit when it comes down to those those kind of games. You got young kids, that would be a tough go, and you and and uh, you don't want it to come down to a bounce or a bad call or uh, something that goes against. You want to control what you can control, and that's the best way to avoid a situation. Is avoid the situation, right? And it, it, that would be a tough thing. It would be exciting for the fans, but. Um, You'd like to have something wrapped up in the, in the coming days. Like, yeah, you got to beat Edmonton both games and, and go in and just t- take care of it and don't – and all these games just go, go in and hopefully the fans will come out a little bit and, and have it have it going. Um, prediction time. Let's say they uh, – are they going to get in? Yeah, I think so. I think the confidence of the group is just too high to not get in and uh, there's a belief in there that uh, they're going to play uh, – they're going to get to play in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about earlier, if you get it, if they, if they get into the playoffs, uh, winning around it, like who would you rather see the Tigers play in that first round? If they can somehow sneak into the sixth spot, because that's not that's not out of the question yet. There's that math thing again, but that's not out of the question. The the uh, the I assume you'd want to avoid uh, the Winnipeg travel and everything else and playing Winnipeg. What would your uh, as a Tiger reporter, as a Tiger fan now, what uh, what who would you rather see them play in the first round if you could uh, if you could if James Tubb could make the the pick out of the hat right now? You know, I would like them to avoid Winnipeg. Obviously, I think they would too. They've played Winnipeg really tough though this season, so I don't think it would be a four gamer. Uh, but like, you want to avoid that because they are the they built for this season and the Tigers. That's upcoming up for them so avoid winnipeg but for me if they got red deer or saskatoon those are both teams they beat red deer this season haven't beat sask yet but they were in every game and it was just a couple of bounces that went uh the blades away in those games and even red deers so i think either opponent the tigers get structure wise they saskatoon and red deer both have really good goaltending and i think that that'd be the x factor in that series so Whatever team you get, you're going to face good goaltending. Red Deer obviously is as structured as they come, and it's it's going to be a tough series either way. But I think either Saskatoon or Red Deer, uh, the Tigers could maybe beat. Well, and the thing with playing like a team like Red Deer, like if you can squeak out a series win there, your your travel is so much less too. Hey, it's only a few hours up the road; it's not bad. Whereas if you had to go to Winnipeg back and forth, and if that one went the the distance, you you wouldn't have much left for the second round because it's no. traveling. It's uh, for people who uh, listen to the show across the United States. Uh, they travel on buses. They're not flying anywhere. And so that can get a little bit tough. And as soon as the game's over, you're you're hopping on the bus after game two and you're going home and, you, and you're not staying at the Hilton by any means overnight. So it's uh, junior hockey's a, it's a crazy thing. It's good to have the Tigers uh, involved in relative games again. And because like I said, after the COVID situation and like I was saying off air, my, my brother, he lives out in Victoria and there's a lot of games for the last month and a half out there that people, that the teams just it's mailed it in and, and they, they don't care at all in the players just are out of a deal. Have you sensed that a lot throughout the league? Because you watch a lot more than I do. Have you sensed that a lot throughout the league that there's teams that are just like that, that are going, yeah, we're going to keep going, but there's there's teams like, yeah, we're looking to uh, the, the 24th of uh, or the 
So 26th of March. See you later. Do you, you sense that around the league a lot? I think it's hard not knowing being in that room, uh, Brett, but there is some teams that are in, a, in the last five spots in the standings that have been eliminated for a while. And I, I can't say the same about the Prince Albert Raiders. I know they're still pushing. They can be eliminated tonight, but there is – it might be like a quiet understanding of like, all right, we've got a couple games left here. Let's get them done. We'll do the exit meetings during the week of the final game. And once that puck's done, there's guys leaving that night. And It is crazy how quick they yeah. leave. Like it's oh, nuts. The game before Christmas break, I know doing post-game interviews, I got to be quick or else guys like guys are leaving before I'm down there. I'm like, oh, okay, I know you got to get home for Christmas, but like, wouldn't mind talking to you. So, yeah, no, it's – and I don't blame them, right? They, they're hockey, they're hockey, kids. hockey 24-7. And if they get a chance to just get away from that for a little bit, uh, I don't blame them. I mean, everyone takes vacations, right? You uh, let's let's get into W eight like the rest of the Western League quick and get you out of here. You got work to do, and I got stuff I got to get going on. Uh, who's gonna win this whole thing? Like, what do you? We I know we had a prediction. We we talked a little bit back in January, I think it was. Who do you got winning this whole thing? Because every team loaded up at the deadline. That's when we last talked. Uh, who do you got now that it's all the dust is settled? Things are happening. Who do you got pulling this thing off? Because there are some powerhouse teams out west that that like. That Canloops team looks good. Seattle looks really good. Like, who do you got winning this whole thing? Portland's right there. I think – I'm trying to remember the deadline. I think I said Canloops for Seattle, and it's Seattle for me. I just think they're so deep of a team. I mean, the Dylan Gunther ad was kind of – at the deadline, I remember saying – happen. No. And then just, I saw the tweet uh, from Seattle ahead of a Tigers game, and I was like, whoa, this is uh, – that's a legit team, and I think they can beat out Winnipeg. I think – I mean, Canloops – It'll be interesting to see how Cam Loops performs in the playoffs, knowing they already have a spot in the Mem Cup. Uh, I don't think they would sh- nail it in or by any means, but uh, that'll be interesting to see. And I just, it is Seattle. Like, you got the World Junior guys there. You got Thomas Melich and that. It's, they're just a heck of a team. And I think as good as Cam Loops is, I'm uh, not really sold on their goaltending 100%. Same with Winnipeg. Uh, it is just going to for me, it's Seattle, right? Easy, easiest. How about you? Seattle, Seattle, Winnipeg, that's a bit of travel, but they can fly, can't they? If both teams agree to paying for it, I think they can travel or buy a plane. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I mean, what a bus ride if it's not, right? Oh, man, that, that reminds me of the old Brandon Wheat Kings and Portland Winterhawks series way back when, back in the in the 80s. My God, that's a lot. I'm, I'm going to say I, I, I would rather see Winnipeg not be in just for the simple fact that they're they're, uh, they're kind of a Mickey Mouse organization with the arena they're playing in. And yeah, they loaded up with players. And it's, it's not the player's fault by any means. The players, they, they can only play where they're, they're told to play. But I would just rather a team like that not. It's kind of it's kind of a bad look on, on the, uh, the Western Hockey League if Winnipeg was to... And that's that's a pretty childish take. I'm almost 50 years old. Now. I, no, I'm not, you're not, uh, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. Is the rest of the league kind of think the same way? They're like, what the hell is uh, going on here? I think it is just kind of like... It is a bit of an embarrassment in the league. Fifteen hundred fans—that's all you can hold. Yeah. And yeah, and they, they don't even get that. Think... They don't even get fifteen hundred of the games. Like, ah, uh, yeah, whatever. it depends on who's. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know. I agree. It wouldn't. I. That's why I want that kind of. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Easy so I, I, I'd rather see like a team like Saskatoon with a rich hockey history in there. I'd like to see that them get in there because they've never actually won the whole thing. I'd like to see a Saskatoon and a, and a, a Seattle, Seattle situation. Cause I'd like to see a Seattle team to see what they could do in a, in a Memorial cup and bring the Memorial cup back to, back to the Western league. It's uh, because we've already got Kamloops in there. Uh, I'd like to see a Seattle team. Although I'd like a Canadian team. Like they're all Canadian kids basically, but I, I'd like to see. I'm, a, sh- uh, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see Regina too. 
I don't know if that'll ever. I don't know if that would happen. They've got quite the the battle of the playoffs, but uh, it'd be sure it'd be great be for, for the ratings. That, that kid, man, he's he's drawn him in all over everywhere. Still, I saw him the two times he came here. Uh, he wasn't outstanding by any means. Like he didn't really do much. And you guys shut him out the one night. Yeah, and uh, Lethbridge is the one that broke his, broke his uh, streak. Point yeah, streak. Was like, yeah, everybody was waiting for for this kid to do something. All of a sudden, well, okay, well, there's that. He, yeah. I think I don't know if frustration or tiredness was setting in in that game. It was also they were in Alberta. It was a two game road trip. They lost a heartbreaker in Lethbridge the night before yeah. in overtime, and then they came here and. It wasn't the Connor Bedard I was used to seeing. I guess is the easiest way to say it. Frustration set in early. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of battles here heading down the stretch and then heading, in, heading into what should be, what will be his first and only playoffs in junior hockey. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's only like he's end up with the, if he ends up in Arizona, that'd be an absolute disaster for, for, the, for the Bedard camp. I could see, I mean, I, I we talked about it a while ago, me and guy that I do the other show with. But uh, does he pull the Lindros and say, "Don't, don't bother," because I ain't going. I ain't I don't, going. I don't think he likes the attention enough to do it. Not that Lindros did, but I just think Connor would go where he goes. And uh, I mean, yeah. Regina's not the sexiest spot either, so I think he's our. I he would have passed, more people honestly. watching him in Regina next year than watch than would be watching him in Arizona. Probably, yeah. Oh, what a no! I think he's going to be a half. I think that's just how it's going to break and. He's going to go play in Canada, one of Canada's biggest markets. That would be – that'd be really good for hockey and really good for Montreal because they, they definitely need it anyways. James, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. We'll we'll do – we'll figure something off air. We'll talk a little bit off, off air what we're going to do for the uh, WHL playoffs and get talking. Maybe we'll have a, are you going to hit, hit the road at all or do you just you got to stay at home? The, pl- the plan is, I mean, if, if it's Winnipeg that the Tigers end up drawing, I think that might be a little too far, a little too costly. But uh, the plan is every any other team, uh, we're going to be there front row and uh, covering the game. That's that's good. No, that's how, that's how it should be. I think that you can you can watch it on on uh, online or whatever. You don't get the same the same feel into trying to re, trying to Mickey Mouse through a report. And you can all, when a, when you when you read those things in the paper, you can say that guy wasn't at the game. They saw, they saw the stat line and you go, yeah, this was it. Then you, you can just tell because all, all the quotes are are, are basically that yeah, well, we 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 played hard. We tried. Yeah, whatever. You can always tell. So get, getting the reporters on the road, I think, is very important. Uh, thanks for doing this, James. We'll uh, we'll do it again during the playoffs. Sounds good. Can't wait. The Flailing Tender Hockey Podcast is happy to have partnered up with Barn Burner Hockey. Barn Burner Hockey is a hockey lifestyle brand that is motivated by making all-natural, chemical-free hockey products for players of all ages and skill levels. Get yourself the Filthy Mist Deodorizing Equipment Spray, the Dirty Dangles 2-in-1 Shampoo and Body Wash. They've also got two different types of stick wax, hockey accessories, and apparel that will not only make you look good, but feel great on and off the ice. So go to barnburnerhockey.ca and use promo code 1420BARN and receive 10% off your purchase. That's 1420BARN at checkout at barnburnerhockey.ca. Barnburner Hockey is so confident that you will love their all-natural products, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Barnburner Hockey and the Flailing Tender Hockey Podcast, created for players by players.